the important part of regular one-on-ones is not that information is conveyed, but it's about you being consistent as a leader, that they can trust that that meeting is always going to happen and that they understand that that is a meeting where like meaningful things are going to be discussed. Welcome to the Super Managers Podcast, where we interview leaders from all walks of life to tease out the habits, thought patterns, learnings, and experiences that help them be extraordinary at the fine craft of management. Our goal is to bring you the lessons and the insights so that you don't have to learn through your own mistakes, but so that you can shortcut your way to being a great leader. This podcast is brought to you by Fellow, a software platform that helps managers and their teams work better together. Check it out at www.fellow.app. Hey, fellow managers and leaders. My name is Aiden, and I'm the CEO of Fellow.app. Today, I'm excited to bring to you a conversation I had with Michael Lopp, who you actually may know by his pen name of Rands. Michael is the author of Managing Humans, Being Geek, and the Art of Leadership. He's been writing for over 17 years, sharing his insights on management, culture, and technology through his blog, which, of course, I highly recommend, Rands in Repose. During his career, Michael has led rapidly growing teams at companies like Netscape, Pinterest, Slack, and Apple. In this episode, Rands talks about the power of scheduling regular one-on-one meetings, asking clarifying questions, and so much more. We also discuss the concept of manager readmes and how they can help you build more efficient and positive working relationships throughout. This episode is truly one of the greats. So without further ado, here's Michael Lopp on another episode of the Super Managers Podcast. Michael, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, this is super awesome. We've been uh, looking forward to chatting with you for, for a long time now. Glad we finally had the chance to do it. Um, and we were just talking about this, but I know that this is a question that a lot of people have, uh, which yeah. is obviously, you, you know, you're Michael. Um, but you know, your pen name is Rans. So, uh, what should we call you during this podcast? <laughs> what should I refer to you as? It's sort of up to you. Um, the, the, the story there is, uh, Rans is, uh, the one I name I use on the internet and it's actually my wife's maiden name. Um, so I, I picked it a million years ago when I was like logging into some system and I'm like, I need a nickname blah, blah, blah. And then here we are years later and it's sort of the name on the internet. But when people use it, I know they're talking about me on the internet, which is interesting. Um, Lop is my last name. Everyone at work for the last couple of gigs has called me Lop. Uh, Michael is my first name. When I hear it now, I feel like I'm in trouble usually. Like Michael, and I'm like, who? Someone who knows me needs something. Um, so it's it's really up to you, Rans, Lop, Michael. They're all my name. Cool. I might just interchange between all of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what I did in the next book. Actually, I just kind of swapped between things. I had to explain in the beginning. I'm like, by the way, I kind of switch between things. I hope that's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I mean, since you brought up the book, um, obviously, like one of the the things that we know you most, actually, there's a bunch of things that we know you a lot about. And um, I do want to mention them here because I think they're all just amazing resources. Um, yeah. So obviously, you wrote the book, Managing Humans, uh, yep. which, you know, I think is incredible. It's uh, obviously very instructive, but it's also very humorous. And, and it's actually entertaining to read. Um, yeah. so that, that's something that everybody should check out there, but you're also working on, I guess, uh, a new book that's coming out. 
Yeah, it's all done actually. It's it's you can you can like literally in the last week it's starting to show up on Amazon. It's called it's called the art of leadership: small things done well. And uh, yeah, I just finished it, and it was uh, publishing books is hard. And so he's like, no problem. I'll write 30, 40 chapters, but that that getting it out the door is done. And now it's done, and the marketing kind of kicks in over the course of the next couple of weeks, and we'll see how it does. That's amazing. And so what is the like super high level sort of synopsis and how does it compare to managing humans? Yeah. So this is the third book, um, managing humans, which is doing incredibly well, by the way, it was my first book and I'm actually just signed the contract to do the fourth edition of it. Um, and I'm going to kind of take a stab at sort of distributed working and managing in type of crisis, but it is sort of this collection of, of humorous, humorous stories. They gave it this subtitle when I first did it, called managing humans you know biting in humorous tales of a engineering manager or something like that which i thought was super dumb um but it it's it actually does describe it well and you said it too which is it's sort of stories but it's also sort of lessons inside of those stories and i think that's one of the reasons it's done well is number one is i think it's approachable and also i've just been keeping it up to date the fourth edition is coming it started in 2007 so it's 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 getting refreshed but how it's it's different than the how small things done well is different is um, the, I, I really wanted to kind of debunk the myth of leadership as being this like higher calling sort of inspired certain kind of genetically relevant humans can do this thing and focus on just sort of the tactics of leadership. So small things done well, I, I found about 30 or so just really practical small things that I, I think you should just do like a thousand times in a row. And it's not because the thing itself is particularly inspired. It's that the act of doing it a thousand times will actually teach you some really interesting things about yourself or your team or reputation or trust or respect. So 30 things and in sort of the same sort of tone as all the other Rand's books as being sort of funny and whatnot. But I really just focused, I said, these are the 30 things. And he literally lists them at the beginning of the book. These are the small things. And I also kind of took a lot of like sort of uh, executive, you know, senior manager and manager and kind of chunked them a little bit to kind of have a different perspective around sort of the different small things. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm ordering it literally after we get off this <laughs> call, you. but um, I... So I remember like in the original book, uh, there was a, an 11 point test of, um, that you, you had put. Yeah. So is it, um, along the same lines, but just expanded and more broad and role specific? Um, not as much. There's a couple that are like that where like, there's one in there, which is sort of like, um, a professional growth questionnaire for yourself. Like, am I growing right now? And sort of like ask yourself these questions. So there's some like that, but there's other ones where it's just really like, um, it's really just simple. Like, um, uh, what's a good one? Like read the room, like learn how to read the room. Part of your job here isn't just like reacting what's happening. It's understanding who's here, how they're feeling. It's like playing poker, right? And you're like, okay, what's, what did I walk into here? And, and learning how to do that. You're not great at it immediately. Try it a couple of times and see how it goes. So, and explains why that's important. So it's sort of a little bit more prescriptive about sort of the things to do, but again, not like be a visionary or inspire the team, which is, sounds great, but it's kind of vapid and hard to act on. And these are very smaller things, which perhaps will get you there. 
Yeah, I love it. It's almost like uh, <laughs> like all the different things that if you were to break down someone who does it really well, uh, yeah. and then yeah. just outlining them, and yeah, that that's amazing. Yeah. That sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I hope I hope so. Let's let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to read it. Um, you know, it's uh, you've uh, written about obviously a lot of different topics, and you know, one of the things that uh, that we've read about you is just your you know your how to rands guide. Um, so I'd love for you to just, uh, tell, yeah. tell the audience here what, um, what kind of got you to write that, um, I guess, and how often do you update it? Like, how does it work? Yeah. Do you recommend everybody do it? Is it just for managers? Is it for everybody? Um, it's, it's a, sl- what it is basically is I go through and I kind of say, imagine if you were, well, you, if you were, you're working for me on the first day. And you're like, who is this schmo? And like, what's he about? Um, and I'd go, this is this is the read me if you want to think of it, that sort of thing. I really don't actually recommend that as a as a way of doing it, but you're capturing the things of who you are as a leader, both your sort of values, sort of some of your some of your quirks, and sort of like how you kind of run your day, and kind of and it's it's sort of um, it's sort of this reflective exercise of reflecting on who you are as a leader. So. Um, so there's kind of two, two different use cases there. Number one is, and I think this is 50% of the value of going through the exercise, is just taking that time to kind of reflect on the things that you care about as a leader. Um, but also to kind of like think about the things that kind of, you know, might be not different than other people out there. An example, um, like uh, my wife knows this incredibly well. Um, I'm... I'm ask assertive, meaning that if you want something from me, you say, hey, Lop, Rans, Michael, whatever your name is, um, can you do this? And I'm like, well, of course I can. <laughs> no problem. Now, if you do exactly the same thing with exactly the same tone using tell-assertiveness, Michael, do this, I'm immediately mad at you. And it's not, that's not about you. That's just a weird thing I have about power so like I am ask assertive. You can you literally the way that you ask me to do something will change my tone about how I respond. Now I don't. If you tell me to do something, I'm not gonna like you know, jump up and start screaming or anything like. But I'm telling you in my head kind of what's going on. And that's just a small example. And there's a bunch of things in there. Like I'm just really, really, really big on being on time, and it's a respect thing. It's a, it's a when I'm having a meeting with folks. It's not just about me. It's about everyone else who's there and that we're getting things done. So I'm really big. I'm, I'm big on meetings starting on time. And you should know that person that works with me. Um, so anyway, it was sort of that piece. And then there's the other piece, the piece of sort of reflecting on what you care about, which I think is important. And then there's sort of having that there for other for your team to kind of look at. I don't think you should like declare this is the way that it is, but I think it's we as humans can be opaque in sort of strange ways. I think it's a good way to kind of get a, a temperature check of, of, of your boss. So, um, so yeah, it's a good thing to write. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it for so many reasons. One is that, I mean, like you said, it's, it's the process of, of creating it. Um, yeah, and sometimes exactly. uh, you actually have to sit and ask yourself uh, a bunch of different questions so that you can actually say, yeah, I, I do like this or I don't like this. Yeah, uh, so yeah. the exercise is probably great. Uh, but yeah. it's also, you know, I assume that, you know, people will figure this stuff out, uh, yeah. if they're working with you for long enough, it's just, why oh, not yeah. short circuit it? And, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. And you've always worked at such high growth companies that there's just not enough time <laughs> to. 
yeah, it is. It's true. It really is a function of the the rapid growth. It's like, hey, let's just kind of circumvent this sort of learning process when it go on through the next month and just kind of go. This is how it. This is how I work. So, and you asked something another thing, which is how often I update it. I take a look at it every quarter or so, but it hasn't substance. I've, I I edited it. It's in the book. The next book as well. I edited it a bit, but it's it hasn't changed a ton. Little small things have. Um, but not not substantive changes. I'm curious. In all your, uh, I guess, uh, years of uh, leading teams, have you ever like come across like Have you ever had someone on your team who's like, "Oh, thanks for for this guide." Uh, actually, I have one too. Here it is. <laughs> um, I have seen managers at my prior company. They they did it as well, and we we shared them. There was so yeah, other folks have done it, and it was, it was interesting. It was interesting to see, and I see them. Other people are doing it on the internet too, and I, I they're interesting just to read, sort of as a sort of as a reflection of the person. Like oh, and they do it in different ways, and and they interpret the exercise in different ways. But it's really, I think it's just interesting to kind of capture who you are as a leader. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so obviously, you know, one of the things that you you talk about also in the guide is, is this kind of, you know, how important one-on-ones are to you. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things you obviously talk about is uh, you don't want them to be just updates <laughs> and like you right, want things right. of substance. What is a topic of substance? <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Not it, what it is not, which is things that I can figure out by going into the bug tracking system or the confluence page or this sort of thing. And that's sort of sort of restating what you just said about like, I'm not going to waste your time going and asking you things about, you know, how many bugs do we have in this component or this sort of thing. Now, um, I may look at that, get the data somewhere and say, hey, my spidey sense, topic of substance, my spidey sense is with these many bugs, this many people on the team, da, 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 I think we have a problem here. What do you think? Um, and we go, interesting. And we have a discussion about it. So it is, it's not about the status on the data. It's about sort of the strategy around the thing. So I usually have two or three things going into any one-on-one of that nature where we're going to have a debate about something, a discussion about something. And if I don't have anything and you don't have anything, I have three more things that I just fall back on that are always good conversations. Your growth, um, my current disaster because something's always blowing up for me. And let's talk about that. It may not even be your team, right? It could be something else. So it's those, it's those, it's those just high bandwidth conversations, strategic, not tactical, something where we can have a, a conversation. And by the way, I get coaching, we get coaching out of this in both directions. We can learn things, right? So that's the reason to do it. And like, I can't imagine a more important regular meeting to have with my team on a weekly basis because we have all the tactical meetings elsewhere and there's these status things and blah, 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 blah. Like this is the time for us to actually grow every week like that. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's interesting because you say uh, every week, does that, I mean, does that change at all depending on uh, the seniority of like the mm. person on your team or how long you've been working with them? No, no, it's all, it's one, it's, it's more senior folk. Brand new folks are have things to talk about. Very senior folks have things to talk about. The the issue that people usually ask is like, well, what if I have a lot of direct reports? Th- then you have a different problem, which is you don't have time for your team, which is, that's a whole other thing. Um, my number is seven plus or minus three. Someone has more than 10 direct reports. I start worrying. I'm going, who on the team is not suffering and you don't know because you don't have time. So 
uh, if I start to get too many folks uh, and it's a, it's a impacting my calendar, I, I fix that. <laughs> I go after that issue as opposed to like, I, I got to go to a bi-weekly or monthly. I mean, there's different folks outside of my immediate sphere of sort of where I work. I'll have like monthly meetings and that sort of thing. But those are more sort of bridge building meetings across the org. Got it. And so what is the sort of balance of, um, I mean, it sounds like, which is awesome. It sounds like you're walking into all these things with a, um, series of things that you're, you're going to probe on. And I mean, I love this concept of, uh, you you said that you, uh, you know, would look at a bug tracker and then, you know, make draw a conclusion that like, is this, uh, it's almost like your spidey sense. You you talk about (laughs) it in your book as well. Uh, the twinge, Uh, I'd love for you to explain <laughs> explain the twinge. What is the twinge? I it's really hard. this is really abstract. It's hard to answer the question. Um, it's just it's an, it's another thing from the book, the the most recent book. I call it tasting the soup. Um, and this is sort of a this is a benefit of doing leadership for a lot of years. Um, is you kind of hear something and someone says something in your brain, which is far smarter than you will you goes and says this 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 smells wrong and and by the way don't know why but it's just that that sort of that twinge of like hey what does what does that mean and what i think is going on and i'm not a a a brain person at all is there's this amazing pattern matching thing that's going on and your brain is just throwing this exception when this thing gets said which says, well, by the way, we've seen this scenario 217 times. And, and, and in this scenario, when this was said, this blows up in this way. And that is, that, that's your brain kind of like throwing. And sometimes it's just like, oh, just clarify this thing and it's fine. But sometimes you're like, wait, there is something here and I want to drill into this. It's, it's sort of honoring that ability of your brain to have intuition and to sort of like have those sorts of like inspiration about a scenario. Um, I think there's a lot of, it's one of the reasons that, uh, um, it's one of the reasons the one-on-ones and other things I, I like, I, I learned this from a prior boss. Anytime that something doesn't seem right to me, whether it's like super wrong or kind of wrong, I always ask clarifying questions. What does this mean? Like, da, da, da. And I'm just trying to probe and kind of get a sense of what's going on. Not in sort of a micromanaging way, just sort of a, in a, a seeking clarity sort of way. So that was a long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, actually, that's that's a great answer, and and it it may sound like a, a small thing, but I think it's actually super important because um, I think the concept is you actually have to get really good at detecting yeah. when the twinge arrives, um, yeah, because uh, you know a lot of times something might have felt wrong, but you didn't say anything. Um, and then like, you'll make that mistake a few times, but then you're like, Oh no, I have that (laughs) subtle feeling like, no, it's actually my job to say something. Um, especially in the, I mean, you know, in a one-on-one, maybe it's, it's slightly easier because it's, it's you on one person, but, uh, uh, often in, you know, in in a larger context, you might have to stop the train to. Yeah. My, my other move there that's related to that is when I kind of get the twinge is you say something and I'm like, Hmm. And I don't have a question, but I, I don't, I want to make sure that the way that I heard it was correct. So I say, what I heard you say is this, and I repeat what you said. And I don't know, seven out of 10 times are like, yeah, you're right. And three out of 10 times are like, that's not at all what I said. And you're like, oh, great. Okay, cool. Let's, let's talk about that. So um, it's, it feels kind of douchey in a little bit just because you're sort of this, in this meeting and you're sort of doing this sort of spot checking thing. But as a senior leader, that's part of your gig is you're just sitting there looking 
kind of a, out of this broad set of data, trying to find where the errors and potential errors or emerging fires are. So, yeah. And actually, so speaking, I, I mean, I love that. And speaking of other tactics and things, um, you also have the uh, the long pause as as part of your <laughs> your tactical suite there. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> um, it's. I talked about, I do a podcast as well. I'll call it the important thing. And it's just me and a friend talking, but we talked about it there. Um, it's uh, there's this movie called uh, Eddie and the cruisers. You probably have never heard of it. Have you heard? No, of it? I have not. Okay, right. Anyway, it's like this, I don't know what it's about. It's a, and there's this musician in this movie. It doesn't matter what the movie's about. And he's talking about writing poetry. And I swear to God, this is related to your question. Um, and there's this, a power, that you as the speaker or the writer have to kind of um, control the, the flow of the conversation. And when I pause, it changes everything. Like I just did it there. Right. And it's like, and you're like, you're like, is everything okay? Did this freeze? And like, and people listening are going like, why is he pause? It's, it's this way to, um, in a world full of people talking all the time, it's this way to kind of grab the conversation, grab the, the narrative, and kind of kind of change it. And I, I learned this a lot. I learned this from Eddie and the Cruisers. I learned this from a lot of writing and a lot of leading. It's uh, and a lot of speaking as well. It's a really good way to kind of grab your audience and make sure are you are you listening to this right now? Because what I'm saying is important. <laughs> Not in a douchey way, by the way. And it, but it can kind of it can kind of frame the way that you're talking. I, I, yeah, I love it. I, I think everybody should use that in their upcoming one-on-one. See how many seconds uh, you can go until someone says something. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't do it in a mean way. It's not like a, I had a boss who would start to interrupt you. Uh, it was like, he would just do these long pauses. And I eventually figured out that he was like pre-compiling everything he was saying in his head to me. And he just had to do that for a while. And it used to drive me kind of crazy. And I thought it was a power trip. So no, he was just like, getting all sorted in his head, but it could be a power trip too. And then like, screw that. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those, I love that. So, uh, you know, basically strengthen the twinge, the detection, the long pauses. I love it. Great tactical stuff. Um, let's talk about, uh, staff meetings. So everybody, mm-hmm. ha- well, everybody should have staff meetings. I'm just curious, yeah. uh, you know, from, from all the years that you've been doing this, uh, what yeah. is the, you know, what's the right cadence for it? Um, what gets said, like, yeah. what's the template? What, what do you want to talk about during those things? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's talk about the, the core reason for it is as part of your job as a leader is sort of setting the, the cadence of things in the org. Like, how are we moving along? And whether that's, you know, long software development cycles or continuous integration, continuous development cycles, whatever, it, different companies do it in different ways. But for me, I kind of fall into a weekly cadence of like, this is what we're going to do this week. Um, and even whether that's a long-term, whether that's with long operating system cycles or really short sort of slack, you know, we release every single day. So I kind of look at the week as sort of a, a unit of work, if you will. And the staff meeting is there to kind of set the stage for what is happening this week that matters. And it's, you know, and that's, that's why it's there. It's um, early in the week 
because we want to set the tone. Like this is a planning week and we're doing X, Y, and Z. Um, or this is a bug fixing week and we're doing A, B, and C. So that's why it needs to exist. But back to the one-on-one religion I have, staff meeting is not status as well. We're, as a team, we're talking about, okay, cool, planning is happening. What are the big things? What do we know? Who's worried about what? Who's political? What's going on? How do we debug this? Um, so that's that. But it's also, um, just like one-on-ones too, it's an opportunity for anyone on the team to kind of um, throw down and say, hey, I'd love to talk about this. So I published my agenda in a collaborative document solution and I put the things I, I want in and anyone else can add anything that they want as well. So it's just, it's an opportunity for other folks to kind of throw things on the list. It's about an hour. Um, if we don't fill it, okay, we get some time back, no problem. We generally get, it generally gets filled and it generally right next to the one-on-one to me is, sort of the most important meeting of the week because this is us, the leadership team, kind of breaking bread together and talking and working on things. So it's uh, that's the that's the recurrence of it. That's the agenda for it. And that's part of the purpose. I'm curious how much in advance you actually send this out, um, the agenda to the team. Um, and also, is there like, do you, is it, so is there like any regularity in terms of, you know, you want this person to talk about this or is there like a forced almost like, yeah, you actually have to come to this meeting uh, with something for like this section of the meeting, uh, or is it like very much free flow and anybody can talk about anything? It's it's the latter mostly. Um, the agenda is um, so the agenda is reverse linearity. So it's a stock that has everything in it from the beginning of time, and anyone can add anything at any point. Also, I was previously the VP of engineering at Slack, so there's a Slack channel, so people always talk in the staff Slack channel. We're talking about things. There's a, there's a pin to the thing in there, so we kind of get a sense of things that need to be talked about. And there's definitely a case where someone is going to say, "Cool, uh, uh, Julia, can you come in and talk about X, Y, and Z this next week?" So that'll happen. But it's there's a there we're generally sticking to the agenda. There can be, and it's totally cool if we kind of go off script and we're talking about something else, but the agenda is generally the thing there because I want to set expectations for folks. Uh, I've been in that staff meeting. You probably have been in well with boss who just likes to talk. And I'm like, cool, you really like talking. I, I've already heard this because you said the same thing to me in your one-on-one. This is not useful. I'm not getting anything out of this. I want to respect everyone's time and make it clear, a contract, if you will. Like, what are we going to do here? So there, there can be some YOLO there, but it, it's mostly it's mostly on, on the agenda. Got it. Got it. Um, you know, switching gears uh, for a second, uh, wanted to talk about um, something that you probably uh, – also reference in, in, in your one-on-ones. Um, but you know, we've, we've heard you say that bored people quit. Um, (laughs) so I think for any manager, this concept of someone quitting is, uh, is probably always scary. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just curious, how do you detect a bored (laughs) person and, uh, what do you do about it? The title of that article, that article did amazingly well. Um, <laughs> the title, but until the last second was, I don't even know what it was, but it was something really just like poetic and obtuse. And then it became that. And it, it's literally like one of the top three articles I've ever written. Because it's just, duh, like you get the entire article in three words. Anyway, um, sidebar. Those also make the best business books. It's like, you don't <laughs> yeah, need to read exactly. the book, just read the title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the... Um, the thing that I have detected, you said, asked, like, how do you detect it? Um, it's very obvious 
to me when someone's bored. It, 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 and, and this is after you know the person, you don't know like right out of the gate, but it's any sort of change to behavior. You know what engaged Frank looks like. You know what he's, when he's doing his thing. And anytime that I sense sort of a, a change in Frank's productivity, and by the way, it could be something totally normal. It could just be something at home. It could be whatever, but it could also be Frank has now explored this problem space enough. He understands how it works. Frank has a short attention span. So I ask, I say, hey, how's it going, Frank? I, I, I've noticed this, da, 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 no big deal. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm listening. I'm listening about what is the answer. And if the answer is anything around, if he says anything around this, like, like kind of is getting, it's not that interesting. And he's just, he's just sharing contacts with me. We're just shooting the shit. We're just, sorry. Um, but he's, um, if, I, if I'll detect that he's, there's some boredom there, I go into red alert mode. I move into a mode that, I don't tell him this, by the way, but I move it because that moment of boredom to him is just sort of a piece of boredom because that Wednesday was kind of dull. But the larger thing there is if I don't do something over the next couple of weeks, that little seed of boredom turned into like, oh, well, so-and-so gave me a call and they want me to work on this thing over here, right? And this is another article. Their shields are down and they can start, they start like, well, kind of bored. So yeah, let's, let's see what else is out there, right? So I move into, cool, Frank, you're off this, you're onto this other thing, or here's this huge thing that's scary that I know you wanted to do. I mean, it's not like I drop everything and like change the, the pivot the entire team, but it's, they usually tell you. And the question is, do you hear them? And do you actually act, right? Um, we're, we're so busy in, in, as leaders and it just bugs me when you reflect back and go like, oh yeah, he told me, he told me like six months ago and I, I put a little note on my to-do and I never did anything about it. That's on me as his leader, as a person who is responsible for his growth. So you just act quickly, but it's listening. And it's almost, again, once you really start listening, they always tell you, they always tell you. Maybe not in the words of boredom or anything, or they tell you in some way. Yeah, I love that. I mean, just a, another thing, I think, you know, all of us probably subtly do it, but because it's so subtle, uh, yeah. you might miss it. And like you said, it starts as a seed and then it grows. Oh, and by the way, the fact that he chose, this hypothetical Frank chose to, is sort of this act of trust. Like, hey, boss, yeah, I'm kind of bored of this thing. And it's, and it's telling you because you're shooting the breeze with them, right? But they told you and you act. By the way, free leadership points. You you address something before it turned into a disaster. So, (laughs) which is part of the hard, a lot of my job is fire prevention. You don't get a lot of accolades when things don't blow up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. Yes. My, my team is still there. They grew. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, you have a, a lot of, um, I mean, there's so many great things that you've put out there onto the internet and into bookstores everywhere. Um, another thing that I, I really wanted to mention, cause I think it's uh, super useful for, for all managers and leaders out there is just your, um, your, the Slack that you've created, mm-hmm. um, for everyone yeah. there. So, so that's something that you you continue to run, even though, uh, yeah. you, you have now left Slack. Yeah. Yeah, there's about um, there's about thirteen thousand people there. Those aren't all active, but um, it's a uh, the game that I play with myself on that Slack is I think hmm, 
I wonder if this channel exists. And nine times out of 10, the channel already exists. And there's usually 100 plus people already there. It's this really vibrant um, community of leaders. And I'd love to say like, I mean, yes, I created the space for it, but it's it's 99.9% the responsibility of all the people there, the community that is teaching each other, asking each other, each other questions, asking all these things that I wish I could have asked when I was a first-time manager. So yeah, it's there. Um, and if people are interested, um, just type in Rand's Leadership Slack on the internet and it'll be really obvious how to get in. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that that's something that we highly, highly recommend. I mean, thirteen thousand members, um, and you know, I can attest that the the community is very strong. Uh, yeah. You have questions, people will respond. Chances are, yes. your question has actually been asked before, so you can actually, <laughs> uh, you know, look up things like that. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, you know, thank yeah. you for obviously creating that and moderating it. Um, you know, for people on the journey of just getting better at managing teams and and leadership. Um, what, you know, other than obviously uh, read your books and, and join the Slack, what else uh, do you think that people can do or something that maybe you do now that you wish you would have started doing yeah, earlier? I mean, this is sounds like I'm selling the, the, the most recent book, but it, it is front of mind for me. Um, I think my advice is go pick two or three things that you want to work on, small things, if you will. Um, and again, I'll say this again, like do them a thousand times. This is, this is something I wrestled with in writing the book is like, am I talking about like seven effective habits? I'm not talking about habits. I'm not talking about like doing repetitively because this is what you know to do. Yes, that's important. But the important part of, let's say, regular one-on-ones is not that information is conveyed that... Um, but it's about you being consistent as a leader, that they can trust that that meeting is always going to happen and that they understand that that is a meeting where like meaningful things are going to be discussed. Like what is what is more important than trust and respect in all directions on a team? And a one-on-one over time will like show to your team that you care about that. So the meeting is not that, the meeting's important, yes. The meeting 1,000 times in a row is super important because you're going to learn all of these interesting things about how people communicate and about reliability and blah, blah, blah. So I'm picking on -on one-on-ones because that's kind of my thing. But what are those two or three things that you think are important tactically, perhaps, as a leader should do? Great. Go do it 100 times in a row. Like, go try it 100 times. Start meetings on time. Great. This is how I do it. (laughs) It's really awkward. I tell people, by the way, I'm really kind of a stickler for meetings starting on time. So five o'clock, sorry, it's four o'clock. My meeting starts. Seven people are supposed to be there. There's two people there. I start the meeting. <laughs> the two people are like, where are the other like five, four or five people that need to be here? And I'm like, we're just going to start. Um, and we start. And the other people show up because they're running late because of blah, blah, blah reason. They don't show up late next time. And everyone understands that we're going to be respectful to all of everybody here about starting on time. And it's not about starting on time. It's about trust and respect and efficiency and team health and all these other things. So what are those small things you want to work on, whatever they are, and do them a lot? <laughs> That's actually the hard part. And it's not the repetition. It's the learning from the repetition. Yeah. Deliberate practice versus like just being all over the place. Love it. Um, And that's probably a great way, a great place for us to end it. Rand, thank you so much. Uh, Really appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Supermanagers podcast. 
You can find the show notes and transcript at www.fellow.app/supermanagers. If you like the content, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you can get notified when we post the next episode. And please tell your friends and fellow managers about it. It'd be awesome if you could help us spread the word about the show. See you next time.